Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast. We're the Lorehounds, your guides to racing a genius. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage for Season 3 of the Apple TV Plus original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll each be sharing our favorite laugh-out-loud moments before breaking down the three main storylines of Episode 10, International Break. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of May. A quick note about our Patreon. If you want to get uh, early and ad-free access and exclusive uh, content, visit us at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We're working on a uh, subscription drive. We want to hit uh, 100 members by our one-year anniversary. We'll have some more details about that. We've got a cool thank you gift in production. Um, Otherwise, if you're enjoying our content and you want to give us a leg up, leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings actually help other people find the podcast um, and reviews really give people a sense about what's going on. So if they're choosing to you know, check us out, then those are good clues for them. Speaking of reviews, if you want to head over to Woolshift Dust, our network affiliate, Alicia, is doing a podcast on the Silo Apple TV show, and she would really appreciate reviews as a new podcaster. Please give her a warm welcome to the network and show her the same love you've shown us. So thank you all for all the reviews so far. We hope you'll uh, head over there and, and uh, give Alicia a listen as well. A quick reminder that for this season of Ted Lasso, we're doing a short form recap. But to make these episodes a little more fun, we're asking for your help to break down the episodes. Send in your favorite moments as well as comments on any of the plot lines that we haven't covered. You can send those emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head to our website and use the voicemail or contact form. Um, You can also post messages on our Discord. Uh, We've got a channel all set up there. People are chatting about the show, and uh, we'll breeze through every once in a while and scoop up some of those comments and uh, include them in our review of the episode. John, uh, two episodes left. This was a pretty significant um, uh, episode for a lot of reasons. What did you make of this uh, episode 10? A lot happened. A lot of of movement happened on that plot. Mm -hmm. I wish that we had gotten movement on the Nate storyline earlier. I've been very on the record of (laughs) not caring for Nate. I don't think that they've done service to the plot line they're trying to tell with him. Okay. And I think that this was a good first step. Some of the things didn't totally track for me. Uh, but I think that if they had started this halfway through the season, I would have been a lot happier. Okay. So you that wanted said, to see a longer arc for this. Correct. Yes. Okay. I would have liked to see a longer Nate Redemption arc. I don't think people change overnight. I don't think. And I don't think that we saw the crumbs leading him to this change early enough. Okay. Got it. That said, I had yes. a lot of fun with this episode. I liked a lot of the storylines. I liked watching Keely sort of work through her own problems and be a little independent, but then learn how to ask for help. I liked seeing Roy finally come to terms with everything. Uh, I liked Roy in the tie-dye shirt. You know, there was there was a lot of good humor here. There was a lot of good character movement here. Uh, Jamie Tart, you know, wearing the jersey. There, the characters are all acting in ways that satisfy me and in mm-hmm. ways that make me feel like I'm watching this team come to its peak togetherness. Right. Right. And I love that. And mm-hmm. uh, I do wish they had done the Nate storyline a little, a little more protracted, but 
I guess uh, we're too late for that now. We've got two episodes left, so I'm going <laughs> to ro- roll with it. I'm going to see where they take me. I hope it's good. Yeah. What about you, David? Yeah, I I think it was last episode where I said I had a, a shift in my framework for what the show is. I'm not trying to... Uh, for me, I'm not worried so much about all the individual plot lines hooking up uh, directly. Uh, it's more about the vibes and this episode was vibe laden. This was a huge, uh, emotional, uh, uh, just giant echo chamber of, of emotion. And I don't know what the show is doing to me, uh, but I'm here for it. Uh, and I am going to be sad when it's over. I'm very much in strong favor of any show telling the story that it needs to tell using the number of seasons that it needs to do to you know, to, to accomplish that goal. And then when it's done, it's done. Station 11 didn't need to be three seasons. It, one season, it told the story. Boom, it was gotcha. great. Yeah. You know, uh, um, tell the story that you set out. Be, you know, allow the, the, the showrunner, the creative, the, the, the writers, the writer's room to tell their story and then, and then do that. And so I'm going to be super, super, super sad when this season is over. Uh, but I'm glad it's going to be over and I'm glad that they're not going to try to milk it because it's giving me a heightened sense. Every episode that we're creeping forward towards the end, the stakes for me are getting higher. And this episode really um, put things into uh, a, a lot of perspective. And I get why um, the Nate thing could feel rushed or disjointed or sort of out of place. That said, how they filmed this and how they told the story in this episode to me was really moving and very touching. And I really liked uh, how that all came about. I also loved seeing Rebecca really owning her power and, yeah. and figuring yeah. out a way to deal with a really dangerous and intractable situation because we know that Akufu's uh, the way that he's, you know, uh, doing Sam, he could do that to any of those people. He's crazy and he's got resources. Right. And so you don't want to get tangled up right. with that guy, but she's able to, to do something with that. And Rupert as well. So it was right. really great to see her own her power. Really great to see Nate uh, revolving through some of the stuff that he was going through. Yeah. So yeah. this was less of the ha ha. I'm busting a gut. This was um, really feeling for Keely, feeling for Roy. Uh, yeah. It was a much more emotional episode, I think, than a, a bust a gut episode. And if I'm going to take a theme out of this episode, I would say connecting with your inner child. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. That would right because that's what Nate does. Right. That's what Rebecca does. Right. That's for what sure. she appeals to in the other captains, uh, not mm-hmm. captains, owners. Uh, yeah, I think I even think that Keely that is, to a degree, yeah. you know, yeah. that feeling that that took me back the uh, of of being, you know, ghosted and rejected in a way. Yeah. And that yeah. that touches a lot of as- adolescent feelings that we carry around inside of us. So, and yeah. Roy being right. uh, given a T-shirt that he has to wear. <laughs> and he has to, yeah, he's had, he got his best friend over for his little party. And that's right. Yeah. All right. Give me your favorite laugh out loud moment, David. Uh, it has to be Rebecca doing her war face okay. uh, in the that. mirror uh, with her arms and her, you know, and she's just reveling in the moment. And then the snap to seeing herself as a little girl 
and sort of discovering this new magic power, yeah. uh, superpower that she has. Uh, I just really appreciated. I've appreciated her arc this whole season to really see her own herself, uh, kind of like Ged in the Earthsea, which is another podcast mm, that we're we're doing. There you go. She's she's being a whole person, and when you're whole like that, you have power. And uh, so when she did that and stuck her tongue out and did the whole uh, ah, um, I couldn't believe what I was watching for a moment. It, it really <laughs> you, took me. Aback. You didn't remember that from number two from season two? No. Uh, I, yeah, vaguely, there was a whole thing. She right, did that vaguely. to teach Nate how to be confident. That's and right. And when she did that, Keeley said, "Fuck, let's invade France." Something like that. <laughs> it was. It was great. Right. Uh, I I knew that there was some echo, but I, I I forgot the the direct call to that. So yeah, so it was just um, it was lovely, uh, and it, yeah. it really it yeah. made me laugh in uh, not in a ha ha that was comedy scene, but it made me laugh for joy because yeah. she yeah. was really um, um, hitting a new a new level. Right. Well, mine was Roy and Jamie being best friends. I really oh, yeah. loved that. I love Jamie willingly paying into the swear jar. Mm-hmm. I, I love this whole relationship of, well, you talk about him all the time and right. you're always with him. It's, it's, uh, yeah, Roy and Jamie as best friends is exactly what I wanted from this season. I'm almost surprised that Jamie didn't end up with Keeley, but maybe mm. they'll end up in a thruple and we'll all be happy. Okay, that'll just be weird. But anyway, no, uh, you, you know, know hey, what? it's I'm modern putting it out there. Okay. I'm putting it out there. Fair enough. I will call, I, I do have one critique. Nobody carries pound coins in their uh, sweatshirt uh, pocket <laughs> like that. And I don't think a guy like that's going to ha- walk around with a, uh, a pocket full of change. Do you, have you spent much time in the UK at all? Uh, I spent a couple weeks there, yeah. Okay. Do you remember the change? It's n- enormous and it's heavy. Yes. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and also everywhere. And I used to have a jar. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, before us, they were very into Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. And so you go to the pub, and everywhere when you when you get a drink, they just ha- like put the reader in front of you and you use right. Apple Pay. Every right. single person has their phone out; they're not bringing out their wallet. So, yeah, I I did not see a lot of cash when I was over there. Okay, well, anyway, it was a, it's it, it works for the show. And yeah, uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Roy's uh, niece is that that actress is great. I really want to yeah. see her in more yeah. stuff. Hopefully, she's gotten over her breath problem from last season. <laughs> that's true that's true uh, jamie is his camaraderie with sam and and his friendship with roy he's a whole different person now yeah and it felt very natural it felt very gradual yeah it took three seasons to make him this person and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of my boy okay <laughs> awesome. he's no longer an ugly 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 it's poopy yeah they did overuse the poop this season. I'll say that. I, I mean, I think it's three times he's made that joke of it's just I'm here poop-y. for it. I'm yeah. here for it. All right. All right. Maybe we'll get that on a t-shirt. Hashtag poopy. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this breakdown. The let's first plot line is Keely and Roy. Phoebe gives Roy a tie-dye t-shirt for Uncle Day, and his best friend Jamie comes to celebrate. After speaking with Phoebe's t- teacher, Roy decides to take action. Keely, on the other side, walks into her office to find it being cleared out. Barbara informs her that the investors have voted to cut her funding, which Jack did not tell her about. Distraught and in her cups, she takes advice from May, which makes her feel a little better. When she returns home, Roy professes his love for her. The two make up, and Rebecca agrees to fund Keely's company. 
Barbara rejoins Keeley. This was, um, boy, Keeley's journey in this episode was a really emotional roller coaster. And um, the actress, I don't have the actress's name uh, off the top of my head. Juno Temple. Thank you. Juno Temple is, her performance was just sublime. Uh, The looks on her face, uh, the way she carried herself, um, still being bubbly and upbeat, but yet depressed at the same time at the bar. That's a really hard uh, thing to do. And uh, it was just a very sweet um, and sad and triumphant uh, arc for her. Right. I'm almost curious, why didn't Rebecca offer to do this when she first had interest in doing the firm? Mm -hmm. But I I guess you know what it is. I think when, if I'm thinking back, I think that the firm approached Keeley before she ever had the idea for a firm. Yeah, that seems right. You know, so that I think right. that this this idea came from Jack's VC firm. Right. And um, yeah, I think Rebecca might not have been in the same place as she Financially, is. I think probably around the same place. Sure, I financially, think. but I'm, I'm yeah. tra- in, in terms yeah. of... Oh, well, I got you. You know, I got you. I got you, girl. You know, that this is no problem. Yeah. I mean, Rebecca's in a, in a whole new level right now. And so for her to be able to see that and yeah. do that and offer although, that freely, although, although she did offer to buy a taste of, uh, taste of Athens when Nate couldn't get a table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well... Yes, I, I enjoyed Healy's arc. I liked uh, May saying, all right, you're going to get some food now. That's that's a good bartender, yes. <laughs> giving you right. what you need, not what you want. I saw <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day that made me laugh. I'm going to I'm gonna tell it br- briefly. This guy okay. goes to a bagel store every morning. He orders the same thing, bacon, egg, and cheese. And the guy always gives him something different. He looks back and he goes, give him the locks. And he, and he goes, this bagel shop is giving me what I need, not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I think that's what May does for her customers. Yeah. She gives you what you need. Maybe that's it's a right. smack on the face. I don't know. Right, right, right. And um, um, yeah, go. Yeah, I I, I really liked. Uh, I I don't know if I liked Roy's way he came to you know came to Jesus metaphorically that mm-hmm. he that he had his realization like oh no I one person said you're gonna hurt someone. And now suddenly I've realized that I've hurt someone. Mm, uh, right. That was a little cheesy for me, but I did enjoy him having his like, hello, I'm Roy Kent and I love you moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the note was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the tiny writing. Yeah. And how, and how she's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to read that. You should just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really great uh, moment for us to witness um, right. the shift and the change. Uh, right. And the rekindling of their love, so you know that was really good. Um, and I, I thought that it, I, I for a real, a, a real strong moment there. I thought it was going to be the teacher, and that was going to be where he blossomed into. Uh, I was not expecting the the Keely turn the turn back to Keely. Yeah, yeah. Did you catch that she was calling herself the mean name that the kids gave her last season? No, I think it was fuckwitch. Okay. <laughs> it was something stupid like that. <laughs> My goodness. Um and uh <laughs> yeah, and she, and she was like nice nice one fuck witch like just back to herself. <laughs> right. I oh, love okay, all these right, callbacks right. we get. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's calling back to that that mean name she got last season from the students, but Well, you know who's a real f witch is uh Jack. Uh yes. I am not impressed with Jack's behavior. The whole BS. Oh, I'm in Argentina. I, you know, I I'm so sorry. There's yeah. nothing I t- yeah. it was just 
that was just real slimy, just real cheap, shallow stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to say, I was saying to my wife today, I could have used like half as much Jack storyline and double the Nate storyline. Okay. I'll take, I'll, I'll go agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Because like, Jack is gone now, and Nate, yeah. Nate has been a core part of the story from the beginning, from right. literally from the beginning. Right. I, I, you know, I enjoy the Jack storyline. I think that it was an important moment for Keeley to sort of move past a toxic relationship and to to sort of get some get some joy outside of Roy. Right. But <laughs> yeah, well said. <laughs> but um. I just don't think I needed all those coffee shop dates. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think I needed mm-hmm. all of the time that we spent with Jack. They could have when, been more efficient with it. Right. And when when we really I think we were starved for Nate content this season. I'll agree and, with that. Uh, I'll agree with that. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who profoundly dislikes <laughs> the character as a <laughs> That's person. True. Yeah, which is why I'm I'm like, oh yeah, this is a, actually a well-reasoned uh, argument that I can get behind. Because I might like him by now if you would have let me see him and watch him sure. struggle and maybe see me see him take baby steps of of resisting Rupert and right. baby steps of trying to be a little kinder. And I all I, I didn't see that. All I saw was him pursue Jade. And I could talk all day about how I don't think that's, you know, <laughs> kind. That's just trying to get something you want. Um and I and I saw him finally quit his job, which happens off screen. Right. <laughs> well, so anyway, I would I would have liked less Jack. You know, she was a fine character. She's an awful person and uh good riddance. I did like Barbara suddenly yes. going, yes. "Oh, I think I'd like to stay." What a lovely awkward person. Yeah. And I like that Keely cannot like love Barbara, like not want to hang out with Barbara. But understand her worth as an employee, understand Mm -hmm. her worth as a person who enforces rules that are important and sort of just come to an understanding with her. You know, we thought she was going to be an antagonist this season. I think she was sort of a reluctant ally to Keeley in the end. And I think that's part of Keeley's superpower is that she, with her charm and her wit and her bubbliness, she can get inside of you, inside your defenses. And yeah. uh, and when she delivers something like the snow globe, it's honest and heartfelt and meaningful, right? Uh, and it's delivered in this little, you know, bubbly, you know, excited package. But yet, you know, there's a, it, there's a lot of genuineness to Keeley, right. and so getting inside of Barbara and then having Barbara feel that warmth and understand, hey, this person is great and and a, a great person. And, and somebody that I would love to work for rather than being the hatchet man for this company going around and just putting right. the chop, putting the, putting all these people on the block. So, yeah, I really like that. And I like that she gave, uh, it was Shandy. Sorry. I couldn't even remember her name. Cause right, she was in two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she gave Shandy a chance and, wa- and let, let Keely fail <laughs> instead of being like, no, we're not hiring her, you know, really being directly opposed. Right. Right. Uh, one last point I almost selected for my laugh out loud moment: Roy coming out in the pink robe behind mm, yes. Keely as Keely saying, "Like you don't want to make the mistake of going back to an ex or something, you know, <laughs> something along those lines." Right, and there, there he comes behind her, and Rebecca is overjoyed to see him. Right, yeah. she knows that that's going to be great for Keely. 
but but just him him coming out and I especially if he go, <laughs> especially if he turns out to be you know if there's some change in leadership and then he yeah. does end up being the head coach there I would it's love like, him to be that's the head his boss. Coach. <laughs> I think he's really grown into the role. I think well, he's, he's really got to. That's the, the whole thing. Is yeah, he's he's got to get out of his way. And what do you really want, man? You know, as Rebecca says yeah. to him, as she challenges him. And if mm, assuming that Ted's work is done here, and that these people have healed and found themselves and are are playing with authenticity, what more is that there for him to do as Ted Lasso? Right. Right. As right. this catalyst for change, um, you know, you do a great thing and then you just become useless. That's life. Um, <laughs> it's true. And, you know, what a great way to go out uh, on that high note. <laughs> yeah. Three no, seasons. No. I think that's at a great. championship level and then out. That's, you know, that's a that's a total George Costanza move from uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, I've watched about 10 episodes of Seinfeld. Wow. Okay. And I, I'm not I, uh, a, I'm not I a deep Seinfeld guy. <laughs> so interesting. I couldn't get so, into it. So I find Jerry Seinfeld profoundly unfunny. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's some weird boomer humor happening there. But without Seinfeld, there is a whole I know, I range know. And, of, and of I shows love, that could never be produced. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. And mm-hmm. I think Larry David was the funny one the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Jerry Seinfeld is funny even a little bit. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Send the send the emails. I got no dog in this fight. I'm just going to sit fine. back and watch some popcorn. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll popcorn. have all the unpopular opinions tonight. All right. Sounds good. Let's move on to Rebecca and the team. After a 10-game win streak, Richmond is taking a break for some players to play for their home countries. Sam is snubbed, which he f- later finds out was a result of a bribe from Edwin Akufo as part of his vendetta against Sam. Akufo invites several club owners to discuss forming a super league. Rebecca, invited by Rupert and attending on the advice of Higgins, appeals to the other club owners' love of the game and their inner children and causes the idea to lose support. Rupert tries to kiss Rebecca and she finally feels free of him. A lot happened here. Why don't we start with the team here? You know, the team, they have had a 10-game win streak. That's a pretty big deal after having uh, a, a long, I don't remember how many games, but a long uh, no-win streak yeah. earlier in the season. And um, I think from what I gather from our UK listeners or other uh, Premier League, they don't. you just don't have to be from the UK, because um, Premier League is international, right, right. Um, that the, the given streaks or you know the win-loss draws from week to week, you know, you're looking for that trend. You're not looking for um, consistency, back to back wins and back to you know, or back to back losses. So, doing a ten week streak is, I would say, extraordinary from what yeah. little I understand. Yeah. So, well, they've uh, got this new play style that's hard to predict. It's it's hard for teams to learn how to play against it. I mean, Ted did it. You know, he he implemented total football, but totally right. He implemented right. it in their personalities, and I think it's paying off finally. Um, it, there's total football hasn't been adopted by everyone because it does apparently have some weaknesses mm-hmm. and there's certain offensive strategies that will, uh, that can sort of shatter a total football thing. Okay. But I think what we're, what they're saying here with this is the, the dynamic of the individuals, that's what fits this team's place. Right. It's right. not for every team. It's right. for this team. Uh, because they trust Sam- each other because they all right. know each other so well. 
And you've got these different strengths, and so they're not necessarily traditional strengths uh, divided among the teams, you know, the different skill sets. Right. And so um, that's what works for, yeah, for these guys. Uh, So yeah, 10 games, like, that's got to be extraordinary. Yeah. Good for Ted. Yes, the the last away is working. Yes. What do you think about Edwin coming back? Uh. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was some of the finest comedy, uh, and it was a great way to amp up the tension for this season, because uh, as a device, how else are you going to get Rebecca and Rupert into the same room with each other? Yeah. But for this yeah. Super League um, uh, scheme, which has apparently right. been tried. Uh, this mm-hmm. is uh, apparently based on some some real stuff. I don't have a lot of details on it, but uh, from what I understand, something like this was tried. We've got a little feedback on it. Okay, perfect. So uh, to have a Kufo, somebody we already know, if we hadn't known him from the previous season, it would have been weird. Um, and to have him come in, in in this way was was absolutely delightful. To see his crazy just out in the open, <laughs> you know, in in full bloom. Yep. Uh, well, I forget what his assistant's name is, the guy who does the handshakes yeah, and, yeah. The, and, yeah. Sam, and Sam's like, wait, don't, don't do this. Yeah. Do we really yeah. have to do this? Oh, psych. It right. was, it was really right. lovely. So yeah, I, I, I was really glad to see Okufo, uh, back and, um, and it reminds uh, me of, uh, Nate, you know, trying to make fun of Ted and Ted fighting back with kindness. Uh, it's the same thing, right? I mean, Sam could throw him out of the restaurant and and say, "I'm going to sue you for interference in my right. business," or, but no, he's he's saying, "Okay, yeah, uh, have your meal for free. I'll see you later." Right? Yeah, Sam Richardson, uh, the actor who plays Okufo, is uh, just delivering a, a master class yeah. in crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he so. was also in Veep. We were just talking about Veep on our White House Plumbers podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, has an incredible range. He plays a completely different character in Veep. Nice. This, this uh, White House aide who's just kind of dumb and and like, hey, hey, how are you? How can I help you? He's he's basically like a golden retriever type assistant. Nice. And uh, it's just so funny to see. Like, I didn't recognize him at first when he first came on the show. And I had to look it up and go, oh, that's who I've seen him as. Mm, right. Very cool. Um, I thought the um, the turn to uh, the way that I, I, I was really nervous for how Rebecca was going to deal with this proposal uh, to create the Super League. As I mentioned before. If a Kufo doesn't like you, you're going to have problems and you're going to have problems for a long time because clearly this guy can hold a grudge. And so for Rebecca just to not go or to decline in that moment, so for her to be able to give that impassioned speech about what football means and what it means to so many people was, um, I thought, a really deft way for the writers to um, turn this very sticky predicament sort of inside and out and then create this wonderfully comic moment where they they all get sort of into, you know, get a lot of food thrown at them. (laughs) Yeah, could have saw that coming. Could have seen him doing something crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did really like that. You know, you said it would have been hard for them to get in the same room. I mean, you could have stopped at them, you know, that his invite scene, if you wanted to get them in the same room. But I think what you got unique out of this plot, especially that you couldn't have done without a plot like this is 
you got Rebecca to appeal to Rupert's emotion, to really talk to him yes, for the first yes. time without just small talk and digs. Right. So did you clock that he's got a different uh, assistant? Yes. Uh, yes. There's some other things going on. So I wonder if Bex's wife has uh, put the thumbscrews on him. I think she's figured out that some things are happening. Also, there was a there was a very brief line that said, "Oh, we've heard so there's some misconduct over at you know this uh-huh, inappropriate workplace right. behavior over at West Ham." That's right. I wonder if Nate, uh, you know, he he's did a special move and he mm-hmm. and he went to the press with <laughs> with some details. Interesting. Uh, all right. And what about Rupert trying to kiss Rebecca? He's clearly swooning for her. He's clearly in a vulnerable state and he's reacting out of habit and what he knows. No, uh, he he wants what he can't have. That's what he wants. He wants her because he sees other men desiring her. Uh, But I think she's also really attractive in this moment and sure for being a little insecure boy, but then, you know, his adolescent impulses take over for him. So I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it could be both and. Yeah, I, I think um, Rupert is a serial cheater and will always go for an extramarital affair. And Rebecca is 20 times more attractive to him because he's not married to her. Well, and she's 20 times more attractive because she's powerful in this moment, too. Right. Right. She does not need him anymore. Right. And I think that's the moment that where she crazy. sees him as a small man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how is this going to play out in the last? Because I believe we've got to play West Ham again. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and without Nate, I wonder. I wonder what's going to happen with Nate now. Is he going to go to Ted? Is he going to grovel for his job back? We know he's already been in the Richmond locker room. <laughs> creepy. Is that yeah. creepy, John? Is that like stalking the the hostess at the rest- restaurant? Yeah. Well, I I don't think that was creepy. Th- th- I don't think this particular thing now was creepy. Creeping around a locker room and cleaning people's well uniforms? when they weren't there, <laughs> and that used to be his job. That's all right. That's oh all right, okay. All right. All right. That literally was his job. I think that's okay. So we're let's. Do, I guess we should change gears and uh, talk about Nate now. Let's do it. I think we're already touching on it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. The pundits report that Nate quit his position at West Ham. Nate sulks as Jade leaves to visit Poland. He avoids the paparazzi and sneaks into his parents' house. There, he isolates for a time before finding his violin. Upon playing, his father walks in and they discuss their troubled relationship. His dad says he did not know how to parent a genius and apologizes for the pain he caused him. Did you buy this turnaround for Father Nate? Sure. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not. Okay. I thought it was very sudden. Mm-hmm. Two episodes he's saying, I'll leave you to your girl talk. He's he's always, you know, dig here, dig there. He's He's been very callous with Nate. I've never seen a hint of warmth from him. It's not like it was there below the surface. I didn't see a hint of warmth for him, from him at all in three mm-hmm. seasons. And mm-hmm. suddenly we have, well, I just loved you and you were a genius and I didn't know what to do with you, but really, you're my son and we're all here together. Let's hug and cry and you can play your violin for me and it's the saddest, smallest violin in the world. And I don't know. I didn't buy it. I thought that that was lazy writing. I thought that uh, very rushed, very rushed on that. It needed another half a season. All right. So you're arguing with the writers here. Yes, I am. Yeah, I am. Fair enough. I think they did a, a sloppy job with this arc here. Well, I, you know, maybe, you know, my suggestion, it's the same thing that we did with Mando. Let go, 
go for the ride, take the vibes. I'm still having fun. Yeah, well, you're having fun, but you're not feeling the vibes. You know, you're, <laughs> you're having the opposite reaction that that I had at least. I feel was, the vibe from the whole show except Nate's arc. <laughs> well, I I love this. I thought this was uh, um, a really sentimental and um, uh, lovely uh, uh, revealing of what is you know some of the trouble and the source. Um, of the troubles for Nate, mm-hmm. he's. Um, I mean, clearly we're we're shocked by his uh, his resignation. We don't know what's happening, and then they sort of you know dole it out. I can get that he's feeling uh, pretty confused, disoriented, and he's probably been working himself tirelessly. So to be able to just sleep and yeah. Uh, yeah. and relax and not have the the pressure of being the head coach of a major team on a major, you know, uh, on, also on a major streak, um, just to let go. Because it's not like he came up the ranks and right. developed the skill set to deal with that day in and day out pressure of being a head coach for a big team. He was catapulted into that role. And so he hasn't built the the psychological support structures that he needs to to, you know, have that kind of a job. So just being able to let go and sleep, I don't know that he was sulking. I think he was confused, not sure what did he do the right thing, you know, uh, what was going on. I do a quick side shout. Another laugh out loud moment was the um, come to Poland and help me put in light bulbs. Why yeah, yeah, funny? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty good. Um, and then trying to get away from the paparazzi and the only other refuge is his parents' home. And then, yeah, he goes down to the nostalgia trip. And so for Nate's father to see that his son has just quit that job, that is a marker of something serious going on with his son. And then to be in the nostalgia of listening to him play triggers that. And sometimes that's the way things happen. That's the way people, you know, maybe there's there's a lot of silence and then suddenly there's a thing that, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. connects and, and opens up. Granted, I, I am not going to disagree or argue with that when we look on balance between Shandy and uh, and Jack, the screen time that we could have got to to had with Nate and, and working through some more of this, yeah. I think that would have been good. But then I, at the same time, I think they're, there's a, what they're trying to do here is um, spring trap it on us. Right. There's a, and that's, yeah, but you know, it's coming. So it's kind of cheap, right? Like we knew the whole season we were just waiting for a Nate redemption arc. Sure. So, so I think take your time, do it right. Instead of being like, look, oh my God, this guy we said was a jerk actually is redeemed. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I okay. think that I think we all saw it coming. They should have taken their time and done it right. So, uh, I think that. I guess I can accept the argument uh, towards the writers <laughs> in okay. terms of the characters and how things are playing out. I'm vibing it and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm all good with it. So, and let's just say Nick Muhammad doing an amazing job as Nate. Sure, I, the actors are all doing a great job with the script they have, and I, even the writers are doing an excellent job with the show as a whole. Mm. I just wish there was this one structural change for the season. Right. Yep. I get that. I get that. 
Um, I do love the way that they filmed the the violin playing uh, and the, the way that that overlapped and sort of vignetted with the other vignetted. That's not the right word, but um, they were cut scenes to other stuff that was happening with other characters. Mm-hmm. So uh, it and the violin music itself lends itself to emotional uh, um, uh, I don't know I'm, I'm tired so my brain isn't working in terms of, of languaging this year. almost manipulation but in a positive way right right exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and and that's what music does in television shows and movies yeah. is it's our yeah. cue to how what should we be feeling in this it's moment? the laugh sign it's the cry sign when you exactly. see a late night TV host exactly and and violin is perfectly tuned for that kind of right to, to, to evoke emotion to be evocative in that way so. Well, I'm glad that we learned that Nate just needed to get laid and he'd be a chill guy. <laughs> it's true. That I'm was not the whole disagree. deal. Yeah. That's what was missing. Well, do you think Nate is a genius? My, that's my last question for you. Uh, Wonder Kunz, uh genius. He signed his name as Wonderkid. Did yes. you notice? Yes, I did. I definitely noticed and that. And not Wonderkind. Uh, I was, is he a genius... Uh, I, uh, I don't know if I can answer that because I don't know that we've seen the genius, the you know, the super genius stuff. Is he uh, a, a talent that ha- a natural talent that hasn't been developed that has, you know, not had the the space and the the growth and the the shepherding to grow? Um, certainly, uh, a genius. I, I I have trouble with that word, but I don't know. Maybe that's just because of that word. Uh, that word's a bit loaded. He's he's a modern day goodwill hunting. <laughs> How about them apples? How about them baklava? Yeah. All right, David. Let's get into or bubbles. Feedback. Maybe it should be bubbles because that's the West Ham uh, thing. Is they okay? Bubbles. Is so, it? How about them bubbles? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm in. Let's get into listener feedback here. Uh, we Let's didn't have it. a lot, so I pulled some from the Discord and uh, thank we you. We did get for one email. Involuntary contributions. But maybe we should do this email uh, first because it relates to your attitudes towards Nate and this um, uh, the way that the season's All been right. going. Fair enough. You want to read it to me then, since it's, uh, it's sure. directed towards me? <laughs> Jesse K. I have to agree with John. Sorry if I'm getting about wrong who uh, who on your show hates him. <laughs> Here we go. Nate sucks. Never liked him, even before last season. He's so weaselly and slimy. There are too many apologists out for him out there. I see absolutely nothing about this dirtbag that is appealing. Every, char- uh, every character has uh, at least a tad of charm, except for this jerk. Thanks, Marcus DeLarcus. <laughs> Are you enjoying my slow clap? Yes, I love it. Uh, yeah, I I uh, have not liked Nate the whole last season. I mean, even when I rewatch season one, I'm like, oh, oh, that's some poor behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I wanted to have a good redemption arc, but I wanted to buy it, and and I wish I did buy it. Uh, so right. let's see, let's see where they take us in the let's last see where they land episodes. Us. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, you got uh, pulled a comment from Greg Saw on the Discord, and which is in a little bit uh, well, I don't know, not in opposition, but uh, pointing out something else. Finally, the Nate redemption arc begins. I love that his first stop was something for Will, since Nate treated him like garbage. Yes, I agree. That was a good first move. I mean, that was a very personal mm-hmm. uh, thing he did with him. You know, punching down was really bad. You know, punching yeah. up to Ted, that was bad too. But I think it's it's almost worse the way he uh, he was abusive towards 
the kit man underneath yeah. him. Will, who who has on the on power rankings has very little. And right. so it's easy to pick on somebody like that. Right. So. All right. Last up is uh, Rocky Zim. Uh, Love this epo- episode. So the Super League was something that was attempted. The fans of teams who are going to join, I believe, protested a lot because the prices were going to go up. So there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. would love to hear some more information about a super the Super League stuff. Um, and I could totally see. I mean, going to a, a any professional sports is expensive enough. I mean, it is. Uh, I'm uh, thankful that I don't like sports. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, to to pay those prices, you know, the food is exorbitant. You know, parking, childcare, depending on ages. Uh, you have it gets to, to buy to the very... string for your ding dong. I mean, it is a lot of expenses. <laughs> Oh man, I'm tired. <laughs> that, that one just hit like so weirdly. <laughs> that was a great episode, though. That was, was. absolutely hilarious. So uh that's it for feedback. We are two to go. Let's see where we go. I think for the uh season finale, we definitely will need your feedback. We we'll want your takes. So make sure to send it into lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website. As always, there is the Discord. John, you want to give a quick shout to our Patreon supporters? Yes, we have our lore masters, our top tier, the heroes of our community, as well as all the lore, the lorehounds uh, patrons. You know, you're all you're keeping these podcasts coming out, keeping, keeping us the bits flowing. We feel the love, and but our lore masters in particular get these shout outs at the end of every podcast so here we go samarshan cyrus mark h michael g michelle e david w brian p nick w sc peter oh bettina w adam s nancy m lavinia t doof 71 brian 8063 frederick h sarah l gareth c Eric F, matthew m sarah m and dj miwa thank you all so much you are all excellent supporters and we are so looking forward to doing more for you in our second year because our anniversary is coming up we're going to be giving out a commemorative sticker to everyone subscribed by the end of july and uh, you can't get it anywhere else it's going to be a one-time deal we will mail it to you if you provide your mailing address through patreon and uh we will uh email email something to you uh if you do not so we're looking forward to doing that. We have other plans for our second year and uh, keep up on the second breakfast episodes if you want more details for that. David, you want to talk quickly about what we have coming? Sure. We're in the middle of May. We just did some uh, planning for June. Uh, first, though, very important, uh, if you've not already heard the good news, our contributor and friend Alicia in Amsterdam uh, fired up her own podcast to cover the show on Apple TV called Silo. It's a it's a very cool dystopian sci-fi mystery box thing. And uh, yeah, Elisa decided to join forces with us and she is now platformed on our network. So we are super excited that she uh, agreed to come over. Check out her uh, podcast called Wool Shift Dust. We've got a Discord channel set up for her as well. Um, and I think as we're recording, the episode just dropped, episode four just dropped. So um, I'm going to jump off of here and, and go watch that episode, but go check out her podcast. Um, we've got coming up uh, Barry, White House Plumbers, and Ted Lasso are all wrapping up the last week of May, and we'll have podcasts on all of those. 
Be sure to send in your season takes to us so that we can get those into the episode. Um, we just recorded a very long episode with Marilyn on our next book in the Earthsea uh, cycle that we're covering of Ursula K. Le Guin's books. Uh, we did Tombs of Atuan. It was a really fun conversation. It was in-depth, and uh, uh, we considered a lot. It, it was good. So that should be out next week. Uh, we've got a Spider-Man uh, prep podcast with John and Alicia, which will also be out later in the week, getting ready for uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, and we've got a few more things at the end of the month, but we'll uh, we'll talk about those uh, in the next week. So lots going on. I'm looking forward to June because it's going to slow down a little bit. Yes. Yeah. We're going to take take a little breather. You know, we have, you know, take a breath. breather is like 12 podcasts coming out <laughs> right um, for us. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but then towards the end of the month, it's going to heat up again. So we will be back with you very quickly. We just got a whole bunch of new dates released as well. And the, the back half of the year is going to be uh, filling up very soon. So uh, hang tight with us and we'll we'll keep those uh, announcements um, flowing on the Discord channel and on here as well. Very cool. Okay, thanks everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see what happens to Nate. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.